0: <laughs> well, aren't you a cheeky one? You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Hello, lovely. With everything in the world a bit cattywampus right now, a word that my husband used earlier, and it really made me happy that he used it because it's such a good word, I felt that we needed an extra chat this week and just a little bit more connection and um, taking advantage of the fact that I do not have my beautiful studio at home and I've got my iPhone and I am on the road. We are uh, still in uh, all over the map, as I explained in the last episode about our journey right now of ending up in Mexico and not feeling safe going home to New York City and just trying to figure it out so you can follow along on Instagram to see where we are at this moment. But I am also feeling, I'm just picking up that I am having a bit different experience these days than a lot of my colleagues seem to be having. And this is absolutely not a criticism of how anyone else is handling or processing or prioritizing this time. But because it is different for me, I just always find that when I share what I'm going through, (laughs) there are people who say, oh my goodness, how did you know I was going through the same thing? And um, so some of you are very much resonating and relating with what is out there. And for others of you, you may too feel like it's not hitting you or Something that I say today, you may realize, oh, I couldn't put my finger on it, but that's what it is. Or, you know what? I heard these other messages and I ran in that direction. And then Hillary said this and it made me realize, okay, wait, maybe there's another option to consider. So I'm just feeling like a bit of a black duckling. Is that a thing? Black sheep, ugly duckling. You know what I mean? Just a little bit of like the odd man out. So I'm having a bit of a different experience. Um, I'm not feeling left out. I don't mean that in a bad way, but I'm just aware like, huh, okay, what I'm seeing on Instagram what I'm hearing on podcasts, like I'm just in a little bit different space. So there's six things that I want to share in today's episode. And um, I'll start off with the fact that number one is just acknowledging that we are all experiencing grief and we are all in crisis. And I shared in the last episode about how heavy it has been for how emotionally draining, how mentally taxing it has been for Jeremy and I to have to make so many decisions about where to live and go through so many worst case scenarios in deciding what happens if this happens, what happens if that happens, would you rather be here, would you rather be there? And for you as well, I am sure you are experiencing grief in some ways about grief over your freedom or your daily life. You are experiencing grief in your, you know, autonomy or feeling like people in your family are safe or that the world is safe or that people are supporting one another. If you see people doing behavior that you don't agree with, like there just is a lot that we are processing. And my first tip on that is simply to acknowledge that that's what this is. We are going through the stages of grief. And when you look at what the five stages of grief are, you know, we have denial and confusion and shock and then anger, frustration, anxiety, and then depression and overwhelm and hopelessness, and then bargaining, struggling to find the meaning, and then finally acceptance and exploring our options. I don't know about you, but for us, it feels like we have gone through that cycle in a, a week at a time and then a few days at a time and then in a few hours at a time. I mean, th- it's like you, you, we've tried to roll with one thing and ex- how do we handle grief that This is in the, about what's happening in Italy. How do we handle grief over the fact that this is the United States? Grief over the, um, the fact that this is happening in California where my family is. And then it's in New York. And then we're, you know, so just, it feels like we kind of normally, quote unquote, when you go through grief, it is something that happens once you, it is an event. You experience a miscarriage. You experience a breakup. Someone passes away. And there is a moment that kickstarts that. And in this case, it's like, okay, you've gotten to the bargaining where you're, you know, struggling to find meaning about the you know, one part of it. And then suddenly there's a whole other thing that you were, you were getting to acceptance about the fact that you were working from home and then, whoa, all of a sudden your kids were home. And then you were getting to acceptance about the fact that you were having no, and then, whoa, you couldn't leave the house. And it, it like keeps, it's kind of emotional whiplash. You end up right back at the beginning and you're in different stages with different parts of this process all at the same time. And I think that acknowledging that that is what's happening can help us to understand why am I feeling crazy? Why am I feeling emotionally exhausted? Why am I feeling emotional in general? Why am I so easily irritated? And so to perhaps look at, just Google image search, some of those grief models and give yourself a little therapy session through, okay, here's where I feel like I'm at today or with this newest development. And all right, now I now that I can understand that this is crisis and this is grief, I am maybe be better able to understand what's happening to me. Number two, and this is, there's two things I'm gonna share that are the, what I'm not seeing other people talk about. And when I say what I'm not hearing anyone say right now, it's really these, these two things. And the first of those, or point number two here, is I don't have any more free time since the Rona. And there are a lot of memes that seem to be going around and a lot of suggestions and a lot of encouragements about the fact that we can, um, you know, read more books and we're going to spring clean and we're going to meditate and we're going to do all the things. And first off... Not only do I not have more time, I have less time because of everything that I shared in the last episode. We've devoted hours to conversation, Jeremy and I trying to figure out what we're going to do a week later. And that is normally time that we would have had back. We would have been present. We would have been uh, resting and having playtime or connecting with friends. And so I'm not more connected to my friends. I'm less connected because Jeremy and I are having a three-hour conversation about what we're going to do. And then the next day, I'm spending all day on Airbnb, Airbnb trying to find a place to live. Whereas if it was a normal day, and a normal night before I would have had pockets in time of, of time in there to get back to a friend. So I'm actually feeling like I have less time because I've been trying to process this, but I had already been thinking about this before any of this happened. When I gave you the timeline in the last episode and I was a week into being in Mexico and I was already struggling with time scarcity because I don't know about you, but I Have a dream about what my life would be like if I moved to Bali. I've never been to Bali and I'm not particularly obsessed with Bali itself. I think it's just that Bali represents this idea or this ideal that if I just got away and I was just on island time, I would have all of this spaciousness and I would be someone who does morning quiet time and I pray more, I journal more, I meditate, I work out and do yoga. I am in really good, deep relationship with the people that are in my life and I have time to create and I have time to rest. And I read so many books and I watch all these documentaries and I'm so much more knowledgeable about what's happening in the world. Like I have this ideal for myself of what would happen if I have all this time. And we're in Mexico for a week and I just realized I am still struggling with that inner time scarcity story. I presumably would have more time here. I have simplified things in my business. I have wrapped up deadlines so that I have less to do for that. And I have no social obligations. And I have more of a, you know, get out of jail free card of even just getting back to people or whatever that I'm away. And yet I was... I still didn't have enough time to write. I still resented that my business was taking time away from writing and I was still struggling with wanting more time in my morning schedule. And I, if I could if I could get up earlier, then I could have more time to do this so that I'm getting to write by the time I want so that I can write more before I have meetings, before I take a little bit of play time, before I try to get to bed at a, an earlier hour so that I can get up earlier. And so I drafted something that I didn't post on Instagram around this idea of I said, I, I don't, I'm hesitant to share this because I feel like someone's going to be like, oh my gosh, give me a break that you're complaining about not having enough time. You know, like I homeschool five kids and da, 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 da. And again, these things are not a competition. <laughs> and I said, I was, I'm going to post this though, because I think that there are a lot of you that are like me and we idealize you're living in a daydream in a fantasy of if only dot, dot, dot. When actually, if you struggle with time scarcity in these stories, they are going to follow you everywhere. And so I think that now all of a sudden, many of us may be in that scenario. Not all of you. Some of you, your kids are home from school and you've never had less time in your life. You were used to working from home. You were used to working remote. And now you've got a spouse and kids and everybody's all up in your grill. And like, You're like, I've never had less time in my life. (laughs) I'm losing my mind. But there are some of you that are like, yes, I do have more time. I'm not going out at night. I had this social life. I had these different things I did. And I have more hours. And yet, I'm not doing the things I say I want to do. I say that I want to read books, but I'm just spending more time on the internet. Or I feel like now I have no excuse. And why am I still not sticking to my morning schedule? And so I I do not have all the answers for what to do about that. But I want to share that it is something that I was already struggling with. And now I think a lot more of us are in this sense and it can be so easy on Instagram to seem like we here, you know, here's 10 things you can do while quarantine at home. And yet you need to figure out for yourself what it goes way back to the episodes in the beginning of the year it was January 21, a Tuesday, when I kind of started my new year and we did an episode on my morning routine is not what you think. And in the, that episode and maybe some subsequent episodes kind of talking about what are the stories that come up for us? What are we telling ourselves? Why do we say we want this? If we, okay, what's my real reason? And then why am I not doing it? Is it not a compelling enough reason? What's the, so there is a lot more in our minds that is happening rather than what's actually on our calendars. And yet we think it's just the stuff on the calendar, but it actually has a lot to do with what's in our mind. Or even if we simplify what's on our calendar, we then realize, oh my gosh, there's still too much on here. Even with all of this stuff, I still have too much on here. Or maybe you're like, I am loving not having this stuff on here, but now I'm already nervous about, Oh my gosh, I didn't realize how much I hate driving my kids around to all of their events after school. I, that, that was like my least favorite part of the day and I don't have to do it because they don't have soccer practice, they don't have ballet class. And so processing in this time, what, what is it that you maybe want to shift? So my, my two tips would be, number one, do some work on w- what you're feeling. Just be honest with what it is that's coming up for you and are you, you know, not headed down this path of, oh my gosh, you have so much time. This is amazing. And then number two, what, what do I want to shift about it? And that is really what I was working on in Mexico, though admittedly it got thwarted a bit because then all of a sudden there was coronavirus and all of a sudden I had food poisoning. And so, um, I, I kind of didn't get as deep in that as I wanted. So that is continuing for me to say, okay, if I can be in paradise for a week and already have the sense I've got three more weeks here and I am, I am not getting the disconnection level that I want, then what do I need to do? And I've made some steps in that You've heard in the last few weeks, my even just realizing like I'm spending, I was spending three hours a day on my DMs and Instagram because I love being in a relationship with you. I love helping you and answering your questions and all of that. And I just realized this is not sustainable. Like I just cannot continue to do this at, at this level. So that was one thing that I started to put into place. Okay. How can I be more intentional about this? How can I set better boundaries? How can I, how much time do I want to spend? Can I put an alarm on my phone to tell myself that this is the amount of time that I'm going to spend? So as you start to peel back the onions, go back and listen to the episode on essentialism and doing less. As you start to peel back the layers of the onion on doing less, I always find oh my gosh, I am craving doing even less. And so in this season, you may not be feeling like, oh my gosh, this is amazing, look at all this free time. You may be thinking, I have more more, quote unquote free time than I ever have and there is still way too much on my list. I am still too stressed out by the things that I have to do and how do I continue to peel that back even more? But I really think the tip there is not so much like set a schedule for yourself. You got to keep your schedule, girl, or anything like that. It's really like look into your heart because this is most likely a very deep thing around stories about time scarcity. And this is not simply I need another cute Pinterestable list about what to do with my time. The other thing that I'm hearing, uh, that I'm feeling different about what everyone else is talking about, number three for today, is I am not ramping up my business. And if you're not an entrepreneur, which many of you are not, you may not be seeing this as much, but specifically for entrepreneurs, there are a lot of people that are really leaning into, now is the season to ramp up your business. You know, if, If you, like me, are a business coach, now is the time to be telling everybody, guys, This is why you run an online business, because in times of economic uncertainty, an online business, it has never occurred to us, what if people physically would get sick from coming into contact with you? That's never been our thought, but those of us in online businesses have already known Online business is the safest space to be in when it comes to recessions and hits to the economy and low overhead and being nimble and being able to pivot and whatever. So there's a lot of people that out of a place of love, I'm not saying this is a bad thing. They're like, okay, it's go time. Like this is what I'm here for. I'm here to help the people. So let me get my courses out there. And I'm not saying that we won't find additional ways to do that, but I didn't ramp up into that overdrive because I was trying to figure out what country we should be in and what happens if my parents get sick and where were we going to live and what was healthcare like in Mexico? And I mean, I was just dealing with my life and there are, I guarantee you, those of you that are listening that you are not, you are entrepreneurs and you are not in a season of ramping up your business because you're trying to figure out just how the heck to handle the fact that your kids are home from school or you are just you feel like debilitating anxiety because your parents are in an elderly home or, you know, something specific, your husband just lost his job. Like it does not feel like the season where all of a sudden you can kick it into gear and be like, okay, it's what I've been training for time to time for mama to run harder. It feels like other people are running really fast. And now some people are doing that because it truly really is the survival of their business. my, Girlfriend Kelsey, who was our florist for our elopement and our wedding, uh, her entire business is in-person events. She does florals for events. And so overnight, her business all dried up. So she busted her bootay and pivoted to an entirely online business, it's East Olivia is her floral company. I would highly recommend that you go over there. It is a beautiful way to send someone, uh, flowers in this time that are long lasting arrangements. We have, I, we have them in our house. Um, and I had them from a photo shoot back from the elegant excellence journal that a florist brought to me, the prop stylist brought, and I realized these are amazing. They are colorful. They are big. They do not die. I these are phenomenal. This is like the best thing that I invested in. And that's what Kelsey has turned to with her business. So they're just a great gift to send people at this time. But she is someone who is like, I, I need to like ramp up into this. And I have no idea what else was happening in her um, personal life at that point. But for me, it feels like there is a lot of people that are running, and I have previously been in a season of I want to walk slower and this was prior to coronavirus, just I have been running for the last year, for the last nine years. And I'm tired. And I'm not just tired, I'm craving more of what I talked about in the last part. I'm craving less. And I know that I am called to write this book. And my busyness and my hustling has gotten in the way of that. And for a variety of complicated reasons. But um, I, I am called to write this book. And so I am making small shifts in my business. For sure. There are things that we, you know, have to pivot and have change, and the market is changing, but I am working on making them as small as possible, as light as possible. What is truly essential? What do we really need to focus on? And ultimately my tip would be to both focus on essentialism. What is the least you need to do right now? And this includes even if you're not an entrepreneur, even if you're just trying to process things for your own for your own company, for your business, uh, for the business that you are in. And all of a sudden, maybe it feels like everyone in your team is really scrambling and it's feeling intense. Like, oh my gosh, all of our events got canceled and this and that and that. Can you help be the one that focuses on what is the what would move the needle the most? What is going to have the biggest impact if we did one shift instead of five things? If we just slowed down for a minute and took a breath and made one change instead of trying to tweak all the things, what would actually make the biggest difference to our bottom line, to our customer, et cetera? And look ahead 18 months. I am keeping my eye on where will we be in 18 to 24 months, and I said to Jeremy, "When you think back to the recession, which I was not running my business then, we were both pretty young at the time. It was just not we weren't in the same position that we were at now. And um, at the time, yes, everything felt scary, but I, I don't, I don't quite remember where I was. But I guarantee you, if I'd looked back 18 months later, like I was fine, I was fine. All the jobs that had dried up, they were back." And I had borrowed some money from my parents um, to be able to pay my rent because I was catering, I was temping, all the jobs that I did completely dried up. So if you are in an industry that has disappeared overnight, if you have lost your job, I was there in the recession and I could not pay my rent for the first time ever, I remember discovering that the cheapest items in the drugstore or on the bottom shelf, buying like non-name brand toothpaste for the first time and paying attention to like using less toothpaste on the toothbrush and using less toilet paper, but this is prior to the toilet paper shortage, but just I became like aware of how pennies made a difference because I had so little money. But I guarantee you a year and a half later, Things were back to quote unquote normal and I was, was fine. And that will not be the case for everyone. There are, you know, major things that are going to happen, but for most of us, we will look back in 18 months, 24 months, three years and be like, remember when that thing happened. And so I am trying to not get sucked into a sprint right now that will likely feel like a marathon because this is going to go on for a while. When I was already tired and I'd already decided that this was more of a slow walking, observing, creative season and I'm having to fight really hard because when I go on Instagram, when I listen to podcasts, it feels like a lot of other people are running and I have to check in with myself and be like, no, actually like I... I'm I'm walking slow and that doesn't mean that I'm behind and it doesn't mean that I'm missing out and I'm not missing the moment like I'm where do I want to be in 18 months? I want to have this book. Yeah. Okay. So keep keep doing that. Um number 4 I am not panicking mostly. Um I am concerned about my parents' health. I am aware that things are volatile in business markets and that's not no big deal it is disconcerting to not feel like you have total freedom to leave your home or live your life safely or whatever um but i am not panicking as much because i had been doing this research for my style book and i said this to my elegant excellent students we had a call about uh business during coronavirus Right after this all uh, happened, immediately we got on and, and I had a call with them and I said, I, it struck me as I've been doing this style research that there have been so many hard things that have created beauty, first of all. That so much of what we wear today in fashion simply came out of we were rationing clothes. During the war, women were going to work during the war, like just styles changed because of the reality of very hard things that were happening in the world. And also that these hard things have happened and we have survived. We have continued to move forward. And at the time, like, I think that right now it can feel like things are new. Like, and now this is a new experience for us, this pandemic, but I gave them the example of it can feel like the pressure to be thin and the emphasis on youth and beauty and uh, plastic surgery and what size clothing you are and diet culture and all of that. They can feel like it's new. But you go back and listen and a hundred years ago there were women in the 1930s in Hollywood that were being fat shamed and pressured to be thin and put on ridiculous diets, and undergoing unsafe weight loss surgeries, and all of the things. And you realize, oh, oh, this isn't new. This has been happening for 100 years. And I'm sure it was happening in other ways prior to that. I'm just not here to, I'm not writing a historical history book. I'm not here to see what was happening in, you know, the 1800s. But as we look back at a lot of the fashions and styles and things today, it does go back to the 100 years and those different decades that, that we're all more familiar with as fashion changed. And it really has struck me, yeah, we're struggling with what it means to be beautiful and to feel comfortable in your skin today. And why would I have been doing this for 100 years? This isn't new. This isn't because of Instagram, because of media, because of more commercials. Like, Yes, all of that is heavy. And yes, all of that is making it more complicated, but also it's already been here. And so there is a sense to me a little bit of humanity has been through all of this. Like we, we have been through these struggles with what it means as a woman to be beautiful. We have been through pandemics. We have been through recessions and somehow, despite all of the devastation and the grief and the loss and the panic and the instability Somehow, culture continues. We, we truly, we will continue to go on. There will be another generation. And two generations from now, they will have never been through this the way that, based on your age, for some of us, it's like our grandparents were going through the Great Depression. And that was something we hadn't been through. And it formed then, but they survived. And then they went on to be, you know, living their lives as delightful, you know, 75-year-old women and therefore like that sense of okay, this feels so new to me, but we actually as a humanity, we have been through this. And it doesn't mean it's okay as in like it's going to turn out the way we want it to or it's not going to be incredibly painful or excruciating at the time, but somehow collectively we all do make it through. Number 5, I find I am really grappling with meaning and purpose. (laughs) And I, in having all of these deep conversations with Jeremy, as it's like I'm trying to process even more thinking about mortality and, I mean, how do you even process the number of people that are dying and just kind of waiting, I guess, for it to happen to someone that we know Coming from California and New York, I just can't imagine that that won't be my story. Um, I, I every time I check Instagram, I'm waiting for the first day when someone that I know will have posted that they are infected or someone they know is infected, and then I'm waiting for the first person I know that you know, it, but meaning like an influencer that I follow or something who has someone close to them pass away. I'm waiting for the first case at our church. I'm waiting for the first case at uh, the university that I went to, that my parents both work at. That's our community out in California. Like, um, And so it, it, it is being struck with heavy things like death and mortality and saying to myself, I do believe in heaven. I, I That is my personal faith. And so if I believe in heaven – then why am I panicked? Why am I panicked about someone dying? If like, and those are way deeper conversations for another day, but I mean, that is the, the headspace that I'm in really trying to wrap my head around. What does all this mean? And in in the one hand, I want to be like, you know, how could God be letting this happen? Like, this is so crazy. But then if you are a if you're a Christian or you're Jewish and you've read any of the Bible, y'all, that ish is crazy. The things that happened during biblical times, all of the murdering and pillaging and raping and wars. And I mean, ye gods, that was a terrifying time to be alive. Like, and you think of all the things that we have gone through before that, like measles and smallpox and things that they don't for for my generation they don't feel real we haven't been through them and it just seems like how could this be happening today but i'm like okay but the god that i believe in today has been around through all of those centuries when all those other things happened and so there's almost a sense of like trying to get outside of my story and my ego and my narrative to the bigger picture where like humanity has survived and humanity has moved forward, but then also balancing that, I'm getting real, real deep and existential here, guys, also balancing that with, okay, but I also have to believe that my life matters. My life has a purpose. I have a story and I am here to impact other people. And this all is for some, some reason, this thing called life. So i it, it's not to just be like, oh, I don't matter in the grand scheme of things. So there is a lot that I find myself wrestling with and about deep, deep things. And um, my tip within that would just be to zoom out. And some of you may already be doing this and it may like overwhelm you to think about that. I'm not saying that it's not overwhelming, but sometimes it's just so hard in the moment when you're like, I... I don't know where to get breakfast food right now. (laughs) The Walmart here is sold out of all the things. I can't get any food delivery. Like I just want food to cook. I don't, I don't understand. Like it can start to feel a little panicky sometimes and just trying to kind of zoom out for me and be like, okay, God, I like, give me, give me wisdom, give me perspective, give me peace I know that a lot of people are uncertain right now and that there have been much more terrifying things that have happened in the world. Like I'm not on the front lines of a war. I don't have an army that is about to invade outside of my house and somehow people have gotten through this. So, you know, and then finally into number 6, which is having gratitude more than ever. I am just finding that in every inconvenience, in every misexpectation, when Jeremy or I can start to get frustrated, just be like, oh my gosh, why can't one thing work? Or like, seriously, there's one more thing. I just really come back to, okay, but here are the things that we have going for us. Here are the better things than anything else that's happening. And just really coming back to that empathy of I'm, I'm paying attention to news stories. For me, they don't feel heavy. For me, it's the empathy of there are a lot of people hurting right now and that can keep me in a place of gratitude and just really holding out that kind of empathy for how hard it is for some other people and also having that joy in the communal experience not joy in the suffering of others by any means but the sense that like okay it is actually easier for me right now to be more empathetic for others because to it's easier for me to calm down about the stuff that's happening in my life Because it's so easy to access a very real, very applicable story of someone who is in a harder position. And this is available to us all the time. I just don't think we utilize it. And I think it goes back to that ego sense of focusing on ourselves and how is my life inconvenienced? How is this hard for me? And this is to invalidate any of that by any means. And I am not saying that I'm perfect at this all the time, that I don't also have my meltdowns and I'm not also just struggling with like, what is my schedule in this time? How am I writing this book? What is, I don't just want to squander this time. I don't want to look back in two months and feel panicked like I didn't do anything. I mean, you know, we all have legitimate things that we are working through and processing. But my true tip is just that word, but. When I say, when I say something or Jeremy says something and then I'm like, but, we have this to be grateful for and this to be grateful for and just that little gratitude switch, that gratitude flip. My girlfriend Anne Smoiloff and I have been talking about this for years that when we, we send voice memos back and forth and we get ourselves into that gratitude flip of not just spiraling, I just find I'm able to get there even faster when I'm pivoting to, okay, that is sold out. Okay, that's not available. Okay, that's not going to work. Okay, we can't stay in this country and just step-by-step Moving on to the next thing. So I hope there is something in here that uh, resonates with you and that makes you feel um, more seen or more heard or uh, more validated in the experience that you are having. I think there are so many emotions that we are processing. And I really just want to remind you that there are so many experiences and I think it can be, I find just for myself, that I can get more susceptible when the ground is shifting beneath me, to one podcast, one Instagram post, one thing that I'm seeing, or I see a couple people say thing in one say things in one vein, and it can make me feel like I am behind, or I'm not making the right decision, or I should be better utilizing this time, or something. It can, and I'm really having to hone in on, no, what what feels right for me, what feels true for me. And it's not a judgment on anyone else's thing. It's not saying that they're doing the wrong thing, but I think that when we were all lost and we're all feeling lost right now because we had a path, we had a normal, we had a rhythm, we had expectations, we had plans and they just poof, they all went up in smoke. And so we're all feeling a little lost. And so we all tend to turn towards, we want, uh, we want leadership. We want solid companionship we want um you know comfort in that way well what do you think what's happening for you and that is so beautiful and that is so wonderful but just also really notice if someone says something that makes you feel defeated or heavy or behind or weird or like you're not accomplishing enough like you're not doing enough in this season or with this season or in the right way know that all those people are sharing from a beautiful place, but also be able to be like, oh, that's great that that's what's happening for them. That doesn't feel the best for me. And like my sister actually was a great example of this. She said there's, she was seeing that there were so many things on social media that were like, don't worry about a schedule with your kids. Just like life is short, let them play and da, 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 da. And she was like, that just does not work for me. Like, she's like, if we just do no schedule Every day feels like Saturday and Sunday, and they just, I think they would start to go crazy, and they're at each other's throats more often when there's not a schedule. She's like, we're actually thriving. We're in a great like, at-home school rhythm here, Monday through Friday. She's like, my Monday through Friday with them is actually easier than the Saturday Sunday because we have a plan. They know what to expect. But there's some other mother out there that is hearing all of the, the messages of just keep your kids on a schedule, blah, 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 and that is just not working for you. And so own that in confidence and be like, yeah, I don't, I, I might try that, but if it doesn't feel good or if it just doesn't feel right in my gut, I'm going to honor that and just know that there's so many people sharing from a beautiful place right now. And let's embrace all of that. We don't have to tell anyone that they're wrong. We don't have to point out like poke holes in their theory or say that they're stressing us out, like let them do them, but let's just remember, Okay. I don't have to, just because everybody is running, it's okay that I'm walking slow. Just because everyone's being productive, it's okay that I'm just not. Just because everyone is panicking, it's all right for me to say I I really want to choose peace and I want to just believe that we're going to be okay in 18 months and there's nothing I'm going to do today or this week or not do that is going to steal my joy, jeopardize my future, ruin everything. If today I just need to lay on the couch and be present in this moment, that's what I'm gonna do and we're gonna be okay. And then also honor if you're like, no, really. My business is, I'm I'm like your friend Kelsey. My whole business disappeared and I need to hustle my bustle right now and get that online business on. Amazing girl, you go do that because that is what's right for you. Let's just all really honor in this season that we're all doing what's right for us. And that can be something different than what your daughter-in-law or your best friend or the influencer that you love on Instagram is doing. And that's okay. We can just all do us in this season and we have so much grace for that. So I would really love to hear your thoughts on this and what messages you're seeing that are um, blessing you, which ones are not resonating with you. Again, not because they are negative. They just aren't speaking to you. I truly am curious how we are all processing this because... I just have my own very unique, bizarre experience. It feels to me in this season and uh, it does help me in empathy to understand what everyone else is going through and potentially also in creating content to better understand this community and this, uh, your needs and what you're struggling with. So come leave me a comment under my latest Instagram posts. I really am spending a lot more time in my comments right now than in my DMS just for the sake of trying to prioritize finding places for us to live and, uh, writing the book and, and creating more content collectively rather than one-on-one just now. Um, so I would love to see your comments over there, or I will put a link in the show notes. If you want to leave a voice memo that can inspire a future episode, I would truly love to hear, um, what it is that you would love to, uh, to discuss or, uh, hear about on future upcoming episodes. So thank you so much for being here, my dear. I'll see you soon with grace and gumption. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is this energy behind supporting small businesses. Truly, as a small business with so many students, so much of my audience, so many of my dear friends in small businesses, it is such a beautiful time. And Jeremy and I've had this conversation about uh, this. We've, we've seen this talked about online, but I just want to emphasize it again, because sometimes we can think about these things, but we don't actually go forth and do them. And that idea of what are the businesses we would frequent normally that we will frequent when this is over that we can support in this time? And even if, um, meaning by buying gift cards and by going ahead and, and prepaying. And once I started down this rabbit hole, I thought of so many places. So first I thought of the coffee shop that I go to every morning. Then I thought of places that we go to brunch on Sundays, restaurants, the nail salon, the where I get my facials. Um, I mean, you can just kind of start going down the the path, whether it is where you get your hair done or, um, you know, is there, is there just anyone in your life that you could get a gift card for a business that you were going to further be using? Second, are there any, is there anyone that you employ or tip that you might be able to give something in this season? So my parents, for example, have a housekeeper that has been with them for years that comes twice a month. And my mom said, I, I don't know if we should have Iris come. And I was like, no, you shouldn't like you, you guys are both over 60. You shouldn't have anyone else in the house. You don't know how many other houses she's been to. You don't know if she's quarantining, if her people in her family are quarantining. And um, I was like, just, you know, so we kind of walked through like, okay, just day by day, go through one room, clean it yourself, whatever. Uh, but she, but my mom, without my saying anything, she's like, I mean, I would still pay her, you know, even if we don't have her. She said, I hope that other people would. And my parents are, they're not, you know, uh, they're, they're middle class, but they do have the means to say, our jobs aren't uh, threatened in in this situation, and this is someone who relies on being able to go into other people's homes. And if no one lets her into their homes, how is she going to pay for her home? And so, if you have people like that that you employ, and you are able even to just be like, okay, my hairstylist, like I would normally be going to see them and tipping them, and I'm going to save money on not getting my hair done because I can't go in for you know a while, but I'm just going to send her, you know, a Trader Joe's gift card or something because I normally would be tipping her and suddenly she is out all of that money. And additionally, are there any small businesses that you can support in this season just in, you know, buying their products and services that are still available? And my friend Kelsey that I mentioned earlier, um, is a great example of that. I said to Jeremy, okay, we have some people in our lives that have birthdays and some other things like I would love to go on and, order Kelsey's flowers and just help support this new business that she has started up. And that's just a beautiful thing to do anyways, that we just might not think of in this season, because all of a sudden you're so distracted with everything else that you kind of forget that it's your friend's birthday or that, you know, maybe it's even just sending something to someone who is quarantined at home that can't get out and just letting them know that you, uh, you love them and you're thinking about them. Someone that is elderly that has less visitors than normal, that is in a shelter-at-home state, um, to send them something sweet that is in support of another small business, whether that is flowers or candles or um you know, no cards or anything like that. Um, supporting those authors that are launching books in this season. That has really been something that is on my heart as a future author, just how heartbreaking it would be, how much you rely on momentum and publicity and all of that when a book is coming out and to dream and work for years on something and then have it right in this season. So if you can buy those books, pre-order them, buy them the week that they come out. That truly makes such a difference for authors. The book sales that come in Um, and it, it, it know that in this season, nonetheless, there are a lot of the deliveries that are taking longer. I know Amazon said that they were delaying non-essential shipments, which is wonderful because they're trying to get people the supplies they really need. So that might be you order this book and it doesn't come for a month, but that still made a difference to that author for the fact that they had all of those book sales, you know, happening in their first week or just in their first couple of months. So if there's any authors that you follow that have books that are about to be coming out or have come out in the last few months, if you can go ahead and order that and ideally order it not from Amazon, order it from your local bookseller because Amazon will not go under during this time. They are actually going and hiring more help, which is amazing. Walmart is hiring more people. That is amazing for the workforces, but that means those companies are going to be fine. So now more than ever, Go to your local bookseller and um, and buy it from them. You know, call them, go online, see if you can order it. Even if it isn't going to be here for a month, just find those small ways to say, "This is money I would have spent anyways, and I- I'm going to spend in the future." So how can I do it now? And I said to Jeremy, even the businesses that us buying a $25 gift card, it it, it might be a drop in the bucket. It might not matter that much, but I just think if that was my business, it would make me feel so loved that people thought of us, that people were just like, Hey, I come see you guys. And I'm thinking about you right now. I said, even just one $25 gift card that day, I could see bringing me to tears at just like, there's people in this neighborhood that miss us and that, that are thinking of us. And I don't even know who these people are, but they come into this restaurant or they come into this nail salon. Um, I think it just is a really practical, way that we can be paying it forward just you know $25 at a time for those of us that are in positions where we can continue to afford to do that and again looking ahead to where are you going to be in 18 months is this going to make that much of a difference in your budget and for many of us we are still in the positions where it's not going to so how can we really support those small businesses that it's going to make such a difference to them both financially and in terms of their hope and morale as they look forward to the future so Thank you for being here, my dear, on this very special extra episode. I'll see you over on Instagram with Grace and Gumjim. Till next Wednesday.